The following feature has language or content of an adult nature. When we um, go and see Doogie, is it tomorrow night we're going? It is, isn't it? Tomorrow night, yeah. Yep. When we see Doogie... Um, we're going to the beautiful Croydon. We are. The Cronks. <laughs> the Cronks <laughs> the, of South East London. The Cronks. Um, we are both on this sort of drive at the moment to uh, lose... Um, well, I'm trying to lose 10 kilos before to get, you know, mm. beach fit. Before I, I go to Croatia, yeah, uh, um, is that where you're going on your holidays? Yeah, Croatia. Croatia. Really nice. looking forward to. It. I'm going to try. Dalmatian coast. Yeah, and um, it, it, it it's it's an amazing place. Have you no. have you been there? No, no. I went to Tallinn. Right. Uh, I can't tell you much about it. It was a rugby tour. <laughs> you don't remember that's anything. Even, from... That's in Estonia, by the way. Yeah. So I was going to say that's not Croatia. No. Anyway, so when, when we see Doogie t- tomorrow, because we're going to go and hear him speak, we must ask him if he'll come on the show. Yes. But I'm I'm a little bit, I'm looking at his website now. Let me just go back to his website. He's a frightening man to me. Nobody knows who Doogie is yet, though. Doogie Wallace. Oh, right. Doogie Wallace. Yes. Well, um, Doogie Wallace is, um, is a, a street photojournalist. And um, he's perhaps most famous for his work outside Harrods store, isn't he? Just, just, just gr- grabbing, grabbing, grabbing shots. I mean, he's, he's in many respects he's um, he's like Bruce Gilden, isn't he? Yeah, grabbing shots of the of the rich and famous, and uh, not even the not even the famous, but but the rich in in their Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, know, I, bang, I, bang, but with his flash, you know, he's in done the a face. Lot. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. He did Shoreditch Nights and uh, Hen Stags and weekends i think it's called something like that oh the blackpool one yeah blackpool yeah. um and then harrodsburg was the film that was on i think it was on the bbc or it may was have it? been on channel four um and it may have been part of the what artists do all day series i can't remember right. but there, there's been a couple of documentaries about him on tv have you met him no i haven't um is, is he as frightening as i think i'd says? be quite frightened yeah yeah maybe i shouldn't ask maybe we'll yeah. just sit at the back and yeah but i love his pictures um yeah. uh, his approach is uh, very very well, i'm really looking mustard. forward uh, not mustard. What's that thing that people like or hate? Brown stuff in a jar. Um, uh, uh, mustard. Aust- no, Australians call it something else. Oh, um, uh, marmite. Marmite. Yeah, that's it. It's Vegemite. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. Doogie's very uh, marmite or Vegemite. To well, we, we, we must get him on this show because he is he's really interesting. I tell you what, I'm going to let you talk to him. I'm, I'm not going to ask him. You can you, you can ask him tomorrow. <laughs> the Fuji Cast. Here, meet my friend Kev. He wants to ask you a question. Hello. <laughs> Hello, mister. <laughs> right. Uh, this week, thank you to our friends at uh, Simpler Straps for letting us give away a military-grade rugged camera strap each to our favourite email question of the week. Go to simpler.us, S-I-M-P-L-R, dot U-S, if you'd like to um, see what we're talking about. Part one of a two-parter today with uh, John Swanell. Now... If you don't know who John is, during his career, um, Swanell's photographed all the, you know, the the, the, the most important, the leading members of the the, the, the British royal family. When I say most important, actually, he, did, he didn't photograph Princess Margaret, and I think she was fairly important. In November 1994, uh, Diana, Princess of Wales, she personally commissioned John to photograph her with the two boys. And actually, he was an assistant for David Bailey as well. So he's a really interesting character. And I went up to uh, spend a couple of days with him. Um, it was just me and John wandering around uh, the wandering around the, the hills in hasn't the Lake he, District. Hasn't he got some kind of, like, 
massive old house that you just kind of bumble around in. The one in London, though, he's moved out of that one now. I did go there, and in Mm. fact, the first thing I found when I went in was this picture of, uh, of, it was a sign pitch from Tyana thanking him for these these wonderful pictures that he'd made. I thought that is a really cool photograph to have on your mantelpiece, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway, uh, your questions about anything Fujifilm or photography-related, technical, geek-worthy, artistic, or even personal, click at fujicast.co.uk, and we have the self-indulgent minute where we thank you for all the wonderful reviews you've been making at Apple Podcasts. Now, um, actually, on that note, Kev just said to me, have you got the negative ones as well? <laughs> and I said, no, I haven't included those. Why, why would I want to include those? But that, you, you That's s- because you're boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was that one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, there was that one. Well, I, I, well, you know, it's subjective, isn't it? He's welcome to his thoughts. Major blog. <laughs> Right, should we start with the <laughs> we start with the questions straight away? You go, you go. Okay, right, I'm going to just go for the first one on my sheet because I haven't really read through them enough. Oh, no. um, <laughs> do you know, I do all the preparation for this and you come in and say you've not even read them. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I know. sit there the night before. I know. I'm, I'm favourite scotch in hand. The thing is, I get reading here through and, these, and you hand me twenty five pages, a four pages of questions, and I'm yeah, but just because drastically going through them. I'm this sort of default producer for this show. It doesn't mean you <laughs> just. <laughs> I'm just the guy that rocks up and, and talks. <laughs> you're you're such a star. <laughs> right. Okay. So this one is from Gareth. Right. No email address though. Hmm, okay. However, well, there will be an email address. I've just, I've just taken to putting okay. down the bare bits that you need because right, you don't bother when you come th- in. This so. is, this isn't this strap anyway, so <laughs> okay. um, I don't need his email address. Sorry, Gareth. Um, esteemed Fujicasters, I'm a couple of episodes behind. We'll catch up today. I hope you mm. did, Gareth. Um, so sorry if you've covered this. Uh, no praise or thanks for the podcast from me because Kevin won't read it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I gave you that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> given I find a phone screen too fiddly and file management too much of a hassle time consuming on a phone what's your best current thinking for the management and editing of raw and jpeg files whilst you're out on the road are you still using lightroom classic on a microsoft surface pro or are you increasingly tempted to the dark side to use lightroom cc on an ipad personally i'd rather just use raw editor so i'm thinking of sticking with a pc based solution but interested in your thoughts kev will never go to the dark side it says neil the show is great you can read that (laughs) bit out (laughs) thank you gareth well, how about you answer it first? Because I know that you you dabbled with your Microsoft Surface. Well, I did. I really wanted to love it, and I I, I, I came and wasted a whole couple of afternoons with you looking at this machine. And yeah. I'm I'm going to be brutally honest, and maybe it was something I did wrong. I'm sure it was. I just did not find this this machine fast at all. Mm. And and I was thinking, what what is it? I'm not grabbing. And then the thing would go and reboot itself and, mm. and keep updating in the background mm. and. And I just I've, did you did you show it did you show it the fact that you had three massive Apple computers in the room did you let it see that <laughs> yeah it was it was behaving on purpose yeah I it just yeah I didn't <laughs> find it was particularly fast and I couldn't wait to go back to my 15 uh, inch MacBook Pro which mm. I absolutely love when I'm on the road. Mm. Which is, I mean, you were trying to do video editing on it, I think, as well, weren't you? Mm, yeah. Um, which I have done. I, in fact, when I was in Spain last year, the video I put out in Spain was all done on my Surface Book. Yeah. Um, so, well, th- 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 there's a couple of answers to this, Gareth. I, I My phone I currently have is a Huawei P20 Pro. Um, you love that thing. I love it, yeah. Mm. And, and my, my brother-in-law, funny enough, he said, how do you pronounce it? And I was like, I don't really know. I just Huawei. said Huawei. 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 And he said, all you have to remember is they called it Who Are We for a reason. 
Mm. Who are we? Get it? Yeah, I do. I do get it. Who are we? Yeah, yeah my eight-year-old's you get done it? that joke. Yeah. Who are we? Yes, he's done it. Anyway, <laughs> so I have a which I prefer saying, uh, P20 Pro. And I have to say that uh, the pictures, I think, in that camera are fantastic. God, you in that forum. We, we're, we're members of a private <laughs> forum, myself and Kev, um, with, with a few other photographers. And uh, it was for about a month, just nonstop <laughs> pictures. And Kev would say, guess what phone this is? Get, no, guess what camera this was taken with? Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, it, it became a little, uh, <laughs> a little obvious in the end. But weren't the pictures good? Yeah, they were okay. Yeah. No, they were. I mean, uh, it is a stunning camera. It, the, it, for a phone, I think oh, it's it is. absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely worryingly good. Well, if you had to put that against um, the very first um, digital DSLR you owned, yeah. you'd probably say the pictures squirting out of this thing, that's a horrible phrase, sorry, um, were are um, a lot better than, than what they were. Oh, honestly, they're a lot better than a lot of cameras. I'm, I'm telling you now, uh, it is phenomenal. Um, I'm fairly sure that every picture I take ends up on somebody's desk in China, though, you know, kind of, what's Mr. Mullins been up to today? Um, <laughs> but I have nothing to hide, so I have no problems with that. Anyway, so I have that, and um, I use the uh, Lightroom app on my phone so i kind of use the lightroom creative cloud as a solution of me cluttering up my phone with loads of rubbish pictures so what i do is every picture that i take on my phone that i want to keep i immediately drop it into lightroom on my phone and that takes it up to the cloud and then i delete it off my phone so i don't have any pictures on my phone as such they're all in my lightroom cloud so i only keep the ones that i want to keep then rather than you know twenty thousand pictures of the kids eating dinner or whatever that we all take so you're talking about the the, the lightroom cc app there aren't yeah you, that one yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is brilliant and yeah. I, I assume you've got the full use of it including um selective um edit and stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah it's very good yeah. um i mean that's only for my kind of phone snaps yeah, yeah. um in terms of answering the question about uh, ed- properly editing on the road uh, yeah i use a surface book not a surface pro there's a difference so the surface book is a, a laptop uh, Microsoft laptop where the, the the screen comes off it's got a dedicated graphics unit in it so the screen can come off and you can use it as a tablet if you wish but which what, is really cool it is very cool and yeah, um, what I, I like normally that. do is I reattach the screen to, to the top of the keyboard so the yeah. keyboard's underneath yeah and then it has a stylus as well a, a does stylus. it heat up much um it- I mean it does heat up but nothing uh, only not- when you're doing something pretty pretty tasty not worryingly so no, no not okay. at all um and it's had you know various updates since this I, I don't actually have the latest one there's a service book 2 I right. have I have the kind of service book 1 and a half um and I absolutely love it. I think it's an amazing, amazing laptop. Um, I can edit full app, uh, full weddings on there. I can do yeah, uh, yeah. YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, but primarily what I'll do is if, I'm, if I know I'm going away and I have a wedding to edit, yeah. I'll use Lightroom on my studio machine. And I say studio as in the one in my studio, not the studio book, not the, um, uh, the laptop book. Um, uh, I will make smart collections, uh, smart previews. Uh, sync them via Dropbox, and so my um, my Surface Book is just working on the smart previews, and you can then you can actually just open those up on the phone and on your iPad. I don't have an iPad. I don't have any Apple devices. No, you don't longer. have anything now, do you? No, iPhone's um, gone. iPhone's gone. I got a who are you? Who are we? Who are we? Isn't that cool? <laughs> who are we? Um, yeah. So um, I use. Uh, I'm a I'm a fully fledged up member of the creative cloud i pay mm. them i don't know i pay them about 48 pound a month i think for the uh, all the
all the tools I need, which includes um, Premiere Pro. Some people really don't like the idea still of paying an Adobe subscription. And I've always said to people that are very anti that idea, you, you need to look at it like it's the fuel for your car. You couldn't go to a job, whether it's a sporting event, shooting a wedding or shooting a portrait, whatever you're doing, mm. you couldn't go to that job mm. unless unless you had transport there, whether it's a car or whether it's a train or whatever, whatever transport you use, mm. apart from a bike. Mm. It's the fuel for your it's the fuel for your business. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you're absolutely right, and I have no problems paying for it also, but I do also have things like alien skin exposure mm. and um, you know, ca- capture one, etc. Is now in the in in the in the playing field, um, and alien skin exposure is very good. Also, it's you know does the job perfectly well. I can edit four weddings in that. In fact, I've been doing more of that recently. Um, but in terms of a mobile solution, I think Lightroom and the Creative Cloud ca- connection works very well. Um, I need to upgrade my Lightroom actually because there's the new texture uh, control in there yeah, or something. I tried that. Is it good? I don't really know. It what is just, it? Is it like some I, sort of clarity thing? I or? think it should just be called blurriness. Oh. More blurriness or less blurriness? Well, that doesn't sound like texture. Mm. Texture sounds like it's going to put some meat, some grip in the image. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't really play around <laughs> with the slide as much mm. anyway. So, uh, But yes, it is there. Um, and, and you know what you said about the subscription model? And I, I remember I used to work at Microsoft a long, long time ago. And um, they, you know, when we used to buy, when people used to buy things like Visual Studio and yeah. Microsoft Office, it used to come in a massive box with about 20. I remember yeah, when it was right, still yeah. three and a half yeah, inch floppy discs. discs yeah. And I remember yeah. getting um, a copy of what was then Microsoft Office 93, mm. um, or Office 10, maybe it was, I can't remember. But it had 35 three and a half oh, inch floppy disks. <laughs> and you plug them all in, one after the other, they'd all grind and grind. And then you'd get to like disk 32 and there'd be an error on it. And that would be the end of it. You'd have to send it all back and get a replay. Uh, and it was it was a carnage. And, and at that time, Microsoft started muting the idea of subscription-based software. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how it all went. You know, they all went that way. And I actually think it, when I first bought... Creative, what was then called um, Creative uh, Adobe Creative uh, Collection, I think it was called, and it was still CDs yeah. or DVDs. Um, I paid two and a half grand yeah, I know. for I know. for it. And it was it was terrifically expensive. Wasn't it was very expensive, and and then it was out to date. You know, and then they updated it, and you had to buy it all again. Well, or then you upgrade. didn't you didn't get all the tools I think you can get now. I mean, no. I mean, if you look at. Um, for example, I, I'm going um, this coming weekend on a an After Effects course because I really want to improve that side of my work for the for the YouTube channel. Mm. And um, but I, I, After Effects is included within it. It's an yep. extremely powerful piece of video mm. um, software within the suite that you can use um, with Premiere and mm. in Audition for the sound, which is great. Photoshop, obviously, Lightroom. I mean, most people will. Rush, I mean- have you tried Rush? Uh, that's the mobile video editing that's thing, right. isn't it? That's right. That's really good. Yeah, I should put that on my whole yeah. whole 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 um, so thank you very much for your question. Yeah, thanks, Gareth. Um, is this the Welsh start of the show then? Because we've got Gareth, now we've got Garen. 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 That's a Welsh name, isn't it? Garen. Garen. How do you spell it? G e r r a n. Garen Main. Yeah, maybe. 
Gerland's gonna gonna write to me now and say, "How dare you? I am Suffolk based." <laughs> I thought it was a Welsh name anyway. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Neil. I have my mum and dad's fiftieth wedding anniversary coming up. Congratulations to them, and it offers me—that's me saying that to them—and it offers me a fantastic opportunity to capture a very special occasion with lots of the family coming together. Mum and dad want to keep it fairly low key. They booked a local golf club as a venue for lunch. How do you balance the desire as a photographer to capture as much as possible while still being present at the event yourself? Mm. Rush around like a maniac and you're not really present focus entirely on the event and miss an opportunity to record a special occasion forever question mark i'm a convert to fuji so was intending to use my x100f over an xt3 to minimize fuss um oh by the way neil i love the idea of also recording audio for this my intention is to take along my newly acquired zoom f1 and get some memories of their wedding day 50 years ago i know that you intend to cover this on youtube which i said i would on my film yeah but any advice ahead of that would be much appreciated i'll tell you what if i start with the audio mm. and then you you go with the uh, mm-hmm. advice of handling the the visual part of it okay uh, because uh, the first one is physical in terms of kit. Have you, um, with your recorders, have you got the Zoom F1? No, I have the uh, HN Zoom, Zoom HN. Is it so Zoom? You got the H two four thing. Oh, right, not not so the larger one that you can put the XLRs in. Yeah, yeah, it's got two XLRs. Okay, things right. into it. So not the one that you put the little mini jacks in for the lavalier microphones. No, I okay. think it's got a hole for that as well. Uh, probably. Yeah. I got various other things as well. So, so Garen has got a Zoom F1, which is one one of their latest uh, professional um, recording units. It's it's part of the professional range. F um, is part of the professional range. Um, F standing for professional. Uh, yes, obviously. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that bit stands for. Um, but um, so the F1 is great, but the clip, um, uh, the bit that that goes onto the microphone, that's a bit weak, and the mi- microphone can fall out. In fact, we found this, didn't we, when we were swapping microphones about when we went and did the Don McCullen thing? Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember yeah, the microphone yeah, yeah. was hanging yeah, off? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It should have been on the clip. So um, this is obviously nothing that Zoom would suggest, but I super glued it in because it swivels just fine in the swivel. Also, I, I dabbed a bit of glue on the, the the wind pop shield bit, so that won't come off either. These are not things that people will be saying, what? You super glue bits onto an expensive mic. Yeah, well, you see, it, it's draconian measures, I know, but the mic is... Um, is not is not really the great deal yeah, that Zoom's more expensive lavalier is. So I was I was prepared to. But you know to do what that. you 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 can always tell when like if you look at a proper professional F for professionals <laughs> pieces of, of equipment. Yeah, they're all butchered this a bit, and glued. you know, and, and uh, you know, I I I think that's all all great. I remember seeing that um, uh, Revilius's camera, his Leica M3, and it had bits of frying pan. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. to the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to do you got to do the things to make it work. Yeah. So, so you know, on the upside, it's got pretty good pickup in terms of high and low frequency it would not win an award over a sennheiser microphone that's for sure uh but you know i'm not often in a quiet studio environment so and you won't be here if i am by the way i've got a couple of sennies that i uh, lavaliers that i stick on but but most of the time i just use the the f1 um the mic that comes with the f1 90 percent of the time i would say it's the f1 pair with the mic that came with it but that's what i would suggest if you don't want this thing to fall apart on you Sorry, Zoom, but that's what I've found. Switch the input quality to WAV. Don't use MP3. Gain, I would record, and those that have this this model will understand it, medium or medium plus. Okay? So why, why WAV and not MP3? Well, um, 
okay, in a very clumsy way, you need to think of WAV a bit like raw pictures. Okay, right. MP3 is your JPEG. Right. WAV is your raw. It's it's a better quality of sound. You've got more of like dynamic range. Does that mean you need to it, like if you record MP3? Larger files, obviously. Yeah. Does the, the MP3s come out? You know, kind of um, edited a little bit. Do you know what you'd have to be pushing the quality because you can choose various levels of MP3 mm. quality. Because I know that when you speak in real life, you sound like Joe Pasquale. Right. So what you hear now on here, <laughs> yeah, this is WAV. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to, to be honest, some uh, high quality MP3 bit rate is going to be fine, absolutely fine. Um, and, and if you've got a small, a small, um, you know, card, card, then you'll have to do it. But I would choose WAV if I could. Um, so talked about gain, and then in post production, take it through audition. Um, we were talking about this. Uh, there, there's a great filter in audition called voice thickener from one of the drop down options, and then normalize. And Bob is your uncle. Job done. Mm. I, I'm guessing he probably won't have audition though. Oh, if you haven't got audition, yeah, if you're not using Adobe Audition, then um, there are similar kind of filters um, in um, Sony Vegas. Uh, Ve- yes. Um, but I'm I'm trying to think of the one that I used to use. It'll come to me in a. In fact, it'll come to me while you're talking about the the video. Uh, I would even think something like Premiere Elements has got basic level of audio have, correction yeah. and stuff yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that that's the audio side. You were talking about, you know, how do you balance capturing as much as possible but still being a guest? Which is really tough, actually. You know, because. Um, he mentioned a couple of things that made my ears prick up and that was you know this idea of rushing around and taking loads of pictures and I think that's the downfall straight away because you know wherever you are even if you're being paid rushing around and taking loads of pictures is not not going to get you what you want to be honest with you so like uh, a headless chicken yeah exactly and you definitely won't enjoy it Um, you know I, I would I don't know I mean I've not been in that situation to be honest with you like for you know like a I've been at weddings as guests and things like that but you know you always get that don't you um, oh uh, yeah can you come to our wedding as a guest yeah yeah sure <laughs> have, you, have you booked a photographer no uh, no uh, I was yeah. hoping that I'm not coming you... then um, so yeah I mean honestly if I'm being brutally honest I would say don't put any pressure on yourself you know the you will get pictures anyway even if you're just taking snaps of the people you're speaking to in front of you um, don't go out of your way to make it something it isn't that's that's the key thing I guess uh, enjoy it that that has to come first for any kind of family thing if it's really 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 critical that you have a, a beautiful documentary of the event mm pay someone to do it say mrs mullet the current mrs mullins mm-hmm. ran off with thierry Henry. Mm-hmm. i don't know why his name came to pass there but <laughs> but he's a good looking good looking dude Sa- sam my wife yeah. as well well yeah and um, sam has always said that if there are various people on our list i do have a list by the way a list of what well a list of people that if they ever said how about it you say all right the wife says it's fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Winona Ryder's on mine <laughs> no, I, I, uh, no I don't have a list J- like Jody, Jodie Foster's there as well I like Jodie I've got a soft spot I, I, know, I know I know Gemma would drop me in a heartbeat for the and I can never remember his name uh, for the man that was the fly the fly uh, oh Jeff Goldblum Jeff Gold. I call him Jeff Goldblob <laughs> Jeff Goldblum she's well, I she absolutely does she him. love him yeah yeah okay. yeah. so alright let, let me rephrase this question she'd Je- leave the kids for him as well Je- no way yeah Jeff Goldblum comes round he happens to be in, in, in you know your sleepy village mm-hmm. and um, he says well look I've had my eye on you for a while Gemma 
How about it? And they disappear off into the sunset. Job done. So uh, the the you know it comes to the the next Mrs. Mullins. Yeah. Who? This is a long way to ask you this question. Who are you going to ask a photo to photograph your wedding? <laughs> oh my God! What a what a no! But there was a way very... of sort of approaching Garen's question. I by thought saying, you were going to ask me who the want... next Mrs. Mullins would no, be. No, no, no! I wouldn't be so rude. But uh, who? But <laughs> but yeah, who would it be? No, don't answer that question. But um... but but would you ask a mate that you trust because you know that they do the kind of photography you want? Or, or would or would they come to your wedding uh, as the You know, guest? it's really tough because I, I actually, I'm asked a lot of times by other photographers who photographed my wedding. Mm. Um, and my first wedding, we did have an official photographer. We call it practice wedding. Practice you know, wedding. Yeah. And, um, and it, but it was back in the days of film. And, she, and if I remember rightly, she did a very good job. Um, obviously, the pictures are somewhere in a skip, I would imagine. Um <laughs> Our second wedding, my second wedding to my current wife, yeah, um, yeah. and my only wife, yeah. Jeff Goldblum can, <laughs> can Goldblum on. One. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't intend on uh, on uh, changing anything yeah, further, yeah, yeah. although she might have different plans. Um, we didn't have a photographer <laughs> because um, I, it was before I was a photographer, and we just did a very quick registry office wedding. We had my mum and dad, her mum and dad, yeah. uh, various immediate family members that was it and the only literally the only and it's a bit of a disappointment really the literally the only picture we have is one my mum took oh. <laughs> um on her then nokia whatever it was and uh, neither of her heads are in it wow. yeah Oof. so um but to answer your question in a very long-winded way who would i have i don't know that is really tough because yeah. i would love uh, you know i would love i would have you in a heartbeat oh. um you have to say that bit so when, once we got over that bump yeah no 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 but i would but uh you know i would also want you to i'd be too to drunk. be, be a guest too, far too drunk yeah, yeah. um alistair definitely but oh, I, yeah, I would yeah. have him as a guest it has to be somebody who you probably wouldn't invite as a guest yeah um so, so you're gonna upset somebody aren't they because they well thanks kev i well, thought I'd i give, thought i might be on your a-list i'd give jeff Askoff a call say hey jeff can you hey. come out of retirement yeah <laughs> come on bring your bring your luggage he always said you can bring sarah too because she's great he always said uh, at his workshops he would mm. love mm. to photograph a wedding on a mobile phone so I can see it. Ring, there ring, we go. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah. Hello. Oh, hi, Jeff. This is Kev. Is that how Jeff talks now? Uh, I don't know. Hello. Uh, uh, oh, hi. Is that Kev Mullins? Yeah. Oh. What do you want? <laughs> and I'll say, Jeff, I've got a whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you can you can just remember it as. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, here he is. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's Jeff. <laughs> he says he's available. Cool. <laughs> um, but no, I would, and I'd give him my, I'd give him a Huawei. See what you can do P30 with it. P30 Pro. Yeah, yeah, but he's an Apple user, I think. Oh yeah, but he's, uh, he's just a bloody good photographer, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. I don't think he would come out of retirement though. Um, All right. Uh, an- another question. Then then we'll go for the. In- this one comes from Jay Gold uh, Goldblum. Is it in Hollywood? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your turn. <laughs> Um, all right, this one is from uh, Greg. We've done all... Th- uh, what was the name of yours? It was Garen. My They're first one was yeah. Gareth. Today this we worked Greg. through the Gs. Yeah, Greg Smith, this yeah. is. Um, and actually, this is a very interesting question, and I'm going to give him my uh, simplest Ooh, strap. well done. So, well done, Greg. Um, doesn't say where he's from. I um, will have all these details. Blah, blah, blah. How yeah, many yeah. times do I need to tell you? I just What I do is I just put the, the necessary bits on your paper, so it's not... Yeah, I have his email address. Yeah, That's cool. Okay, um, okay so, Greg, uh, 
Uh, hi, Neil and Kevin. Uh, no, I'm not complaining about the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my question is about how you deal with complaints, if you mm. ever get any, that is. Uh, I love the show and I've listened to every one of them. I always find them stimulating and the photographers you have introduced me to are uniformly interesting. Cool. Interesting. Uh, so my question is, how do you deal with complaints from clients? I shoot around 60 to 80 weddings a year. Uh, he qualifies that by You're putting... You're in medal territory. He, he does qualify that by putting in the brackets at the lower end of the market, although I don't... That's well, it's still a wedding. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and get a few complaints each year, usually along the lines of, why isn't there a photo of Uncle Bob or whoever? Yeah. Um, I always find it quite hard to deal objectively with complaints as I put a huge amount of effort into the day, not to mention all the editing and time afterwards. I suppose I take it too personally, um, but I'm so passionate about my photography, I find it hard not to take it too hard when somebody has a moan. Mm. Uh, would love to hear your response um so have you ever heard of that have you ever had that i'm gonna be absolutely honest because because there's too many people that hide behind this sort of smoke screen of everything's awesome and perfect and not everything is awesome and perfect i've shot 800 weddings of course i've had complaints Mm. um but they they don't i've never had one so bad that said you screwed up my wedding thank god have you ever had that specifically i have had specifically that question why are there no pictures yeah and and often i will say look you know it's human nature that some people kind of, in inverted commas, hide themselves from the photographer. They may not do it on purpose. Mm. Uh, they, they, you know, people sometimes become sort of, um, what's the visual version of radio silent? They just go off the grid. Mm. And and this happens so often at weddings. People go off the grid. Mm. Um, now, um, it could be because they weren't, you know, you know, they were standing behind people. It could be because they'd gone to the bar. It could be because they were checking in. It could be because they were sat in the corner looking miserable. I, I shot a wedding a couple of weeks ago and it was the Champions League final. <laughs> and I, I turned around and there was like half the room had just disappeared. And um, I, I was like, oh, where is everybody? Yeah. And uh, it was at a place called North, oh, North Cabri Court. Yeah, we were texting each other. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. It's a, it beautiful is. wedding venue. Wonderful place. Very, very yeah. ancient house. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found the television room. and They were all in there. They were in there, but no <laughs> word of lie. It was like a 60-inch plasma tv and around and in it it was in a gold picture frame Mm. so it was a gold picture frame with this tv in it and it just perfectly suited the environment (laughs) uh yeah and they were all watching football did you so so there we go so but but Mm -hmm. you probably won't get complaints from that as such Oh no 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 no! It was a great wedding actually. Yeah, but I yeah. I um, no no. But I, that's that's it. You know. I, do you know what? I, when my sister got married, um, no, she's been married. Oh, I don't know, like twenty five years or so. Um, Wales were playing football that day, yeah, yeah. and my dad. <laughs> he went up to his bedroom in the uh, in the Hilton Hotel in Newport, and uh, he basically spent the entire afternoon watching the football, and then came back down. <laughs> no. <laughs> So go on then, back to complaints. How do you deal with someone who's said, where's Uncle Bob? Where are they in these pictures? So you mentioned that idea of off the grid, which I think is you know the best explanation for it. And uh, I've, I've had it occasionally also. I haven't shot anyone near as many weddings as you, but I have had it. I don't know, I'm being conscious of what I say here, but, but he did qualify the fact that he put in brackets at the lower end of the market. 
And I do feel that, you know, the ones where you've struck a deal or, you know, you're not, it's, it, you're not getting perhaps the same value, uh, money that you would normally get from a normal wedding and stuff. And I don't know, there just tends to be a more of a chance, I think, of uh, negative feedback, perhaps so. at, the, at that real low end. Yeah. Um, and and I, I am caveating that with that is a completely um, subjective statement. Um, but that's that's my, my kind of thoughts on it um and yeah i've had it a couple of times and yeah i've done a sim i've said a similar thing i've just said look you know it's it's the starters documentary it's not possible to take a picture of everybody especially if you've got 120 guests mm. um you know i i, I had a um uh, a consultation a couple of weeks ago and uh, and the woman uh, the bride was asking whether um you know we really love your style and everything's great um what we want is for you to stand at the church doorway and take a portrait of everybody when they come in so you know we know we have them and mm. and i i was like well you know that's that's just not going to happen no. because a it's not very documentary i mean i you know don't get me wrong i don't I mean, people who do do this and they do it very well though all that's going to happen is you're just going to have a backlog of people outside the church yeah, for yeah. a start like I'm gonna, some, some sort of mini receiving line i'm going to miss everything yeah. you know and and then it was just a case of kind of explaining the way that the, the way that i work but people i think it's a valid um thought process by clients especially potential clients you know will we get a picture of so and so mm. um and you know you you just have to you just have to be honest with it and and you know uh, as you said neil and you know this is what i would suggest to greg is that you just say look it's it's not possible to you know unless they're in the formal group mm. shots mm. you can't guarantee they're going to be in 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 a picture you just can't it's it's just it's there's not only the, one of you you know most of your clients should be aware of the way you photograph yeah Greg, and, and and I think you need to make them aware of it before before this happens. Absolutely, and I think that would that was short cut. Yeah, and of course those, there's those there's all kinds of things that may be at play here. I yeah, mean, yeah. perhaps Greg yeah. got an email that said, you know, here are a list of the people that we definitely want photographed, and and maybe he replied saying, okay, great, I'll do I'll do my best. In which case, you're you know you're you're kind of setting yourself up for a bit of a fall there. Um, but often it's not actually the bride and groom. No, it's actually pressure from outside. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And you know, I, I mean. This could come with a look. This comes with a bit of a, a health advice. Warning, warning. But I will say um, that I I had to deal with one. I mean, it sounds like I get loads, and I don't. This is a good few years ago. Where in the end I said, look, maybe it's better that you concentrate on what you have rather than what you don't have. Yeah. And I tried to approach it from that angle, and it worked. Yeah, that's a very very good. That's very philosophical. Mm. Mm. It could backfire on you, obviously. Mm. <laughs> but there we go. Very thank good. You, thank you very much for questions. We'll come back to questions in the second part of the show. Should we do the um, self-indulgent minute now and then the interview, or do the self-indulgent minute after the interview? Let's do the interview. The interview, right? Okay. Um, this this interview has been hanging around in my office for many years. I think I must have recorded it to maybe even nearly three years ago. Um, and there, there was always supposed to be a second part to it for the film, which there isn't yet. Um, but, but actually, the amount of material recorded <laughs> is plenty for a full-length documentary about this man, and certainly two smaller segments on this show, which we're going to um, we're going to use across the next two weeks. The photographer's name is John Swanell. Um, he is a well, not, I, you can't really describe him as just a royal photographer, can you? Really, because. 
Was he part of the the Brit pack that they called was it? Was he part of that? I'm not sure, but he was certainly, yeah, certainly I mean, around that time. He was an assistant to uh, David Bailey. Mm-hmm. And, he, he, you know, anybody that learns under David Bailey is certainly going to be learning that trade well. Yeah. Uh, his name is John Swanell. He, I mean, what he doesn't know about the royal family in terms of photography isn't, isn't worth knowing. So this is part one of a two-parter with John Swanell. And there's, I'm not sure the twist is the the right phrase, but there's certainly a surprising story told within within this uh, first part. Because if it weren't for John Swanell, maybe we wouldn't have had a, a Bailey career that lasted quite so long. You'll know what I mean by that in a moment. First of all, I started out by talking to John about how photography has developed, if you'll forgive the pun, how it's changed, how... How the landscape around him has has moved on. It's easier to take pictures now than it was, much, much easier. With digital, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes and you can give it to Photoshop and or a good retouch and they can finish it off and make it look great, really. I've seen it, you know, I've seen p- sort of pictures that are just mediocre. You know, a good retoucher turns them into something special. I mean, you didn't have that in our days. It was just, it was, it was kind of too expensive. And also we used to shoot on transparency in the early days and you had a stop either side to go, you know, if you didn't get it right, the exposure right, stop either side and it was no good. I sent you, Phil, I'm, I'm being careful about using this word, but uh, that, that it's somehow dumbed down. Probably, yeah, yeah, it's dumbed down. I mean, everybody looks the same, you know, you know, they all, they've all been retouched to death and, you know, they all look a bit sort of mask-like, you know, women in their 60s and uh, getting on for 70 look like they're 25, 26. You know, it's, it's just a bit eerie, I think. It's just slightly eerie. So how did you find yourself assisting Bailey? Um, I got a job. I knew Vogue had six assistants. And I got the British Journal of Photography every week. And, um, you know, after a few months, I saw one of the assistants had left and they were advertising for a, another one. So I applied for it with a lot of other kids, but they wouldn't take me. And I was only 18, I think, 18 or 19. And they didn't take anybody under 21 because of the caliber of photographers. You know, Bailey, Norman Parkins, and Cecil Beaton was even working in those days, all those on his last legs. Um, so it's, uh, you had to be, you know, really professional and have, have been assisting for quite a while. So I didn't get the job. And then, funny enough, a couple of months later, there was a job in the storeroom at Vogue on the same floor, on the sixth floor. So I thought, if I get up there, I've, you know, just as a storeman's assistant, I think, which means you carry the furniture into the studio because um, House and Gardens was um, was uh, was there at the time, and Condé Nast owns House and Garden too, so they used to do room sets. And um, you know, I got that job. I just was, I sounded very enthusiastic about being a storekeeper's assistant, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fooled them. I must have fooled them anyway. I got the job. And then the break came when one of the assistants was ill, one of the six assistants was ill, didn't turn up one morning, and they all started to panic, and I said, I, I'll do, I can assist it, I can do that, I can work with the photographer. And um, the guy, Derek, who gave out the jobs, the guy called Derek, he said, what are you talking about, you're in the storeroom? I said, no, but I can assist, I can do it. And, and uh, he said, don't be daft, you know. I said, what camera does he use? And he said, a Hasselblad. I said, give me a Hasselblad. So he gave me a Hasselblad, and I turned it over, took it back off, did a, put the film in, took the film out, took off the lenses, put them back on, tried all the different lenses and worked all the bits and pieces and he was in shock. He said, my God, I didn't realise you, where did you learn that? I said, I used to be an assistant, you know. I didn't tell him the story of trying to get in. I said, you know, I can do it, I'll, I'll sort it out, you're in trouble, what are you going to do? So he said, okay, we haven't got any choice. So I did it and the guy was working on a three-day shoot and he kept me for the three days. The next time he came in, he used to work a couple of days a week. 
he said to Derek, I, I, could I get John again? Because we, we worked together quite well. And then um, it happened again with another photographer. Somebody was ill again, and I got to work with him. And they, when they came back, said, you know, to me, said, do you want to work again with us, with me, you know, this week? And I said, sure, sure. I've better check with Derek. He's the boss, you know. So that's how I got in. And then one of the assistants left. And I said to Derek, you know, I've done, you know, I've helped you out a lot. Now help, give me a break. And he said, you're too young. You know, the, you know, you're still only 19. And, you know, we don't take anybody under 21. I said, yeah, but you know, I can do the job. So we had a chat with the, um, the people above and they gave me the job. I, I was the young assistant there. And, um, and the next thing was obviously trying to work with Bailey because he was in and out all the time. And he had his own assistant, but Vogue would supply him with a second assistant. And every, every week or every month I'd say to Derek, come on, let me, you know, you'd look on the board and everybody, all the photographers, your name would be under who you were working with that day. So you wouldn't know until that day and you looked on the board and see who you were working with. And I was never with Bailey and I couldn't persuade him and I had a hard time trying to persuade him. And, um, and then I think I did a couple of favours. I managed to get him some tickets, I think, for something or other, Frank Sinatra that he loved. And he, he, um, he let me work with him, you know, this particular day. And I was so nervous, ridiculous. And I had this new gadget that fits on the tripod. Instead of unscrewing the camera and taking it off the tripod and screwing the other camera on with a new film in it, this was just a little thing that you screwed onto the tripod, you flick it and the, sl the camera slides on and slides off. And on the day I was so nervous, I, I put the camera, slid the camera on and Bailey came in and just sort of grunted at me and um, took the roll of film, stepped back and I was so nervous, I went in, pressed the button too hard, the camera shot off onto the floor and smashed into pieces. And I looked at the camera on the floor and Bailey was there and the tripod was there and he looked at me and looked at his camera. It was a Rolleiflex planar lens, 3.5 lens, I remember the camera very well in pieces on the floor and he said what was all that about and I said well this you know the camera you know the sec thing that it just slides on and off and I flicked it down too fast I'm really sorry you know and he said oh tell Vogue they owe me a camera so I had to take up all the pieces go downstairs and and explain what I did and they said oh we're going to take it out your wages every week um, but they never did actually they were quite good but I thought that was it I'd blown it my one chance to work with my hero I'd blown and then Two weeks later, he was in again. I looked up, and my name was underneath it. I thought, Derek, I said, you've put my name, my name under w with Bailey. I said, after last time, I, have you made a mistake? And he said, no. He said, I asked him who he wanted. He said, oh, I'll have that dickhead, John, you know, who uh, smashed my camera up last week. Because <laughs> he was enthusiastic, even though he smashed the camera. And, uh, and that was the start of a, a reasonably long relationship, wasn't it? Five years, yeah, it was five years. Uh, I worked with him every time he came up. And then, you know, um, he used to call me on Saturdays to... Um, to do an odd job when he couldn't, his only assistant was, didn't want to do it or couldn't work on a weekend. And eventually I got, um, I basically got the job with him. It was a reasonably glamorous gig too, wasn't it? Yeah, when I, when I eventually got the job, one of the first trips we did was to um, to Hawaii. It was fantastic, unbelievable. And um, staying in a place called Kona Village. And um, it was heaven, you know, it was just, I'd never been in such a beautiful place before. I think it's one of my first trips on a plane as well. And... Um, Bailey wanted to, uh, he asked the manager if um, there was a lagoon nearby and he, and he said, yeah, there's one or two miles up the coast. He said, um, how can we get this? He said, we've got a boat, a fisherman's boat that we've converted for passengers, you know, for, for our guests. So he said, I'll take you in the morning myself. He's a 27-year-old Swedish guy, blonde haired, really nice looking fella. So he said, I want to be up before the sun light comes up. And the light came up at five, so we were all ready to go and jumped on the boat. And, and off we went, you know, to, uh, to this... Um, to this location and half an hour in we were about sort of 600 yards maybe half a mile from the coast and the sun came up over here 
and everybody turned golden brown and I was sitting at the back of the boat just looking around thinking you know this is heaven actually this is lovely I looked across at the sandy beach and the hotel was beautiful little straw huts on the beach and the only way into this place it was so exclusive it was a private plane that had its own airstrip it was it was we were shooting for American Vogue so they could afford it and um, back of that was Jurassic Park, this this mountain range that looked like just like Jurassic Park. I looked at the you know the sky that was blue, the sea was turquoise, and I thought I'd arrived. You know, I really thought that I'd arrived. This is you know coming from Finji Park back in London. I I thought you know I've, I've, I've come and met my maker. It was fantastic. Um, and then suddenly it all went very dark, really dark, and we all looked across to the sun, thinking it was a um, uh, the cloud had crossed over the sun it got it, and, and it wasn't, it was the wall of water about 70 foot high just coming towards us like this. We were going along like this and the wall of water was coming like this. Then suddenly everybody, just, we just all went white as a sheep. I mean, you know, we froze, literally froze. It was about 70 foot high and coming towards us like that and the boat was like this and we were just going to roll over and, you know, we were too far from the coast and I just thought we'd had it. And um, then I remembered, I know it sounds kind of corny saying this, but I remember the film before I left London, a couple of weeks before I left London, called High Wind in Jamaica and it was a, about pirates in the Caribbean and there was a big galleon ship and there was a tidal wave in that, big, this big wall of water. Captain said to the guy, turn the boat into the wave like that so it could ride the wave. And I remember that and I just screamed to the guy, I said, he had one of those funny old fashioned wheels, I said, turn the boat into the wave, Shh, turn it into the wave quickly, quickly and we're going to... And he started turning the wheel round and as the wall got closer and closer, it just got there in time and we went up straight up like that and everybody fell to the bottom of the boats, cameras, tripods, Makeup cases, bodies, legs, arms, everything, just everybody fell on top of each other. And it took forever to get to the top of what it seemed like forever. And then we got to the top and went over the top and then slid down like a ski slope down the other side. It feels like we were going at 100 miles an hour. It was so fast. And then we got to the bottom of that and the boat, boat was rocking around and everybody's hanging on to each other, trying, you know, trying to stay in the boat. And we straightened up and everything was fine. We looked at each other and everybody said, did I dream that? <laughs> was that a dream tell me that was a dream and everybody said no no it, it god it really happened and we thought god thank god we're okay you know we looked up and there was another one and it was coming closer and closer and it was about 30 or 40 foot high and we went up over the top of that and then another one about 10 feet high we went, they come in threes evidently and um but yeah it was a really scary moment and um the Bailey insisted we still carry on after that and go to this lagoon and do the pictures you know we were all in shock and he did no no we're fine we're, we're all okay nobody's hurt you know and um and then it was funny, about three or four months later, back in London, I was at a dinner party, dinner, around a dinner table, and this woman across the table said, Mr. Swanell, I didn't know her, she's an old lady, I heard about Hawaii, and I said, oh yeah, she said, yeah, I heard about that tidal wave, that sort of 70-foot tidal wave. Now everybody puts their knives and forks down at, at, this, at this dinner, and they said, you in a tidal wave? You in a, you know, my God, what, what happened? And I said, well, we just you know, came out of the blue and we, we rode the tide, you know went over the top and, and they said, my God, weren't you scared? I said, well, it's too far. it happened too fast. You don't get time to get scared. You know, yeah, we were scared, but it, it happened so quickly. It was all over so quickly. She said, yeah, the, he, it, you know, it was life and death. It, thank God Bailey was with you. And I said, oh, how's that? Said, well, if he hadn't turned the, told the guy to turn the boat into the wave, you'd all be dead today, wouldn't you? And I, just, I laughed you know, and said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And I didn't say anything, you know. <laughs> Have you ever reminded him? Yeah, I mentioned it to him, and he, no, you know, fuck off, you know, I didn't say that, it's a pile of shit, you know. <laughs> when you got your, your feet under the table, I mean, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd arguably uh, save the great man's life. Um, here you were, working with him, uh, and established with him, but he doesn't take prisoners, does he? I mean, he's a very, he's a very straight-talking man. What was it actually like working with and, and for Bailey? Uh, he was the best, uh, he was the best em employer I ever had. Um, it wasn't like working for a company and going in every day. It wasn't like going to work. 
you know, it was the five years or four years I was with him, probably some of the best years of my life. We had such a great time, really, really good time. The thing about working with him was that you never know who was going to turn up. You never know who's going to turn up and, and, um, and uh, be photographed. I mean, John Lennon turned up one day with Yoko and he was photographing them. And then he, st he said, I'm just going to do a few pictures of Yoko on her own. And John and I was, John and Lennon and I were sitting at the back of the, the studio on the couch. I'd never met him before, it was the first time. You know, Beatles, John Lennon, the Beatles. And I was 19 years old and I was in awe, of course, and trying to be as cool as I could, you know. And he rolled up this joint and uh, he lit it up and took a puff and he said to me, do you smoke, John? And I said, uh, yeah, 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 you know, this joint. And I'd never even smoked an ordinary cigarette, let alone a joint. So he passed it to me and I was being really cool and took this, took this, you know, intake of, bre intake of smoke of this joint and I coughed my heart out and he, he, he went, patting me on the back he said give me that joint don't waste it he said you don't smoke do you and I said I do I just went down the wrong way he said yeah get out of here he said yeah I'm sure he did so um and that was funny and then when I was in the pub that night with my mates and they were saying you know never knew what you know people what do you do today what do you I said actually I uh, I shared a joint with John Lennon and they all just turned my back on me and said sure you did Pinocchio you know <laughs> it was a, a very exciting time to, to to be in photography and particularly the genre that, that you were in with, with Bailey. And I, and I know that there were other influences on you, like uh, like Richard Avedon, for example. Yeah, I loved his picture. They were so simple. Bailey did as well. So Bailey kind of introduced me to him and Irvin Penn and all those great photographers. And, yeah, I think Avedon, for me, was the top one. He's, I mean, he even had the edge on Penn, and Penn, Penn was a master. Um, but Avedon was a genius. You know, he, 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 he used to make pictures out of nothing on a grey background or a white background. Um, nowadays, you know, everybody's photographing, you know, with backgrounds and, and wonderful backdrops and, you know, um, Tim Walker's, you know, photographed the most wonderful dresses in the world on the most beautiful girls in the world and he throws everything into the picture except the kitchen sink, you know, and of course it's going to look out of this world, you know, but Avedon was just simple, just a very simple craftsman, brilliant photographer, and he could take a person, put, a, put them on a simple background and take an incredibly memorable picture. And that is so hard to do, I can tell you. It's really hard to do. Bailey's quite good at it with white backgrounds. He's very good with portraits. And, and he, he, he gets something out of um, you know, people that, um, that other people can't. What's the, what's the key, do you think, to shooting on a white background and making good pictures? I mean, there's, there's whole books written about this subject. And you might think that a, that, that a white background is just a white background with a, a couple of lights e each side on it. But there, there's more to it, isn't there? You put four lights on the background, two up and two below, depending on how far you're coming down. And then you, you, if you put blackboards either side of the person, and even blackboard across the top, you get that lovely black line around the person against the white background. It really throws them out. It's really, it's really quite crisp, especially if they're wearing white or something light. Um, if they're wearing, you know, if they're wearing black, you could, if you want to, you could put whiteboards either side, and then you just. The background, I always used to just over, stop, over, over exposed by half a stop on the background um, and just cut out as much light around her from the background. So when you're looking through the camera, you don't see any white background except that little bit between those black boards and the, where the person's sitting or standing and all the other. You just block it all out with boards and, and things. So you haven't got you don't get the feedback and it's the feedback that makes the picture slightly looks like it's that soft or out of focus that way you're just you know the backlight that's coming back on you is so minimal the front light takes over and 
and uh, it, it stays nice and crisp. Was it uh, Avedon's simplicity in his approach that's uh, inspired the way that you work? Um, yeah, I like simple pictures. I like, you know, it's harder to do those pictures, but it's more rewarding when you get it right. Um, yeah, I was inspired by Avedon, yeah, and Bailey, of course, you know, um, he was my uh, inspiration as well. And Penn and Horst, you know, the, the American photographer. I love that kind of spotlight stuff he used to use, but I do it with flash with, with, with spotlights on. He used to do it with, um, with um, big old movie lights, you know, those big clumsy, clumsy old things like Cecil Beaton. You know, they used, to, they used to do it, but they both, you know, came up with the goods. There was something about Cecil Beaton. He wasn't the greatest photographer in the world, but there was something about his pictures that were incredibly charming or, um, you know, uh, vulnerable and, and uh, you know, accessible and, and memorable. I mean, you know, I remember every Cecil Beaton picture, you know, I just rem remember them. You know, he started off photographing his two sisters and obviously went on to photograph the royal family. Yeah, well, in, in many respects, your your career has echoed that path, hasn't it? Yeah, I've done, yeah, I've done, um, I've done quite a lot with them. Um, I'm always surprised when I get a call from them. It's really weird. Um, I did um, the Queen Mother's 100th birthday and I was pleased about that because I, I wanted to meet her. I'd never met her before and I'd done the Queen a few times before that. And then um, we did the Jubilee picture, the seven, they asked seven photographers to do the Jubilee picture, a golden Jubilee. And then um, three years ago, they asked me to do the um, diamond Jubilee picture when she was on the throne for 60 years. And I thought there'd be other photographers. They said, no, you're the only one this time. So I was really pleased about that. Do you feel like you have a special relationship with the palace? I don't know, not really. I mean, you know, you can't get carried away too much. You know, I go in, I do the job, have a cup of tea, coffee with, have a chat and stuff, and, and, and then I leave. It's a bit like the plumber. Go in, I fix the job, fix the pipes, and or the electrician, you know, get the wires right and everything. Everybody happy? Great. I'll see you next time, you know. I, I mean, I treat it like that. I don't go in thinking, you know, I'm one of the, one of the, uh, one of the family. You're never one of the family. You're never, you're never going to get close to them. And also, the Queen's been photographed more than any other person in the entire world. Nobody's been photographed more than the Queen. So... I go in, it's another, you know, it's just another picture for her, and she's incredibly professional, enthusiastic, you know, she, she doesn't look bored or she doesn't always thank you afterwards for giving up your day or afternoon. You know, she's incredibly polite. I like her a lot. I mean, she's lovely. Does the Queen know your work? Does she talk about your work with you? No, no, we don't, we don't do that, really. It's not, um, it's, not, it's not small talk. It's not even small talk, really. It's just, um, you know, I just do the job and, and make sure she's happy with everything. And they never ask to look at the screen or anything like that. They never, they've never, ever, ever done that. I remember Princess Anne, I photographed her. I did her 40th, 50th and 60th birthday, funny enough. And... Um, uh, the first time I photographed her, I said uh, I did a picture and it was looking really good on the screen. And I, well, in fact, it, it wasn't the screen in those days because it was her 40th birthday. It was, it was before digital. It was the Polaroid. I did a Polaroid, which I, everybody used to do in the old days. And I'd said, Mom, do you want to have a look at the Polaroid, see how you look? She said, are you happy with it? I said, yeah. She said, OK, carry on. They, they, you know, they never, because the, and, you, and you think, oh, I thought she might be interested. But you have to remember, she looks at the picture. And if she says, oh, you know, you made me look great, or she says, oh, that's interesting, or that's, you know, then everybody in the studio has heard what she said. And then one person might tell somebody else, she thought she looked really good in the picture. She's, and then somebody else might tell somebody else and the papers get hold of it. Oh, she's really conceited. She really thinks she looks good in pictures. You know, it can, it can, you, so you've got to be careful. I realised when she said that, that that's why they never look at the pictures, never comment.
It's only when you send the pictures in, they, you know, send a message or, you know, get their people to phone and say thank you. The pictures, very pleased with them. Part two of uh, the John Swanell interview will be next week. There will be a full-length version on the uh, on my Breathe Pictures podcast because there is so much material. But uh, part two next week, right? Hey, interestingly, how do you how do you listen to your podcasts? Not not your personal ones, but when right. you're listening to podcasts, what do you use? Oh, what app do I use? Hmm. Um, Overcast. I love it. Um, I don't think Overcast is on your I think it's an Apple only thing I think hmm. but Overcast I like because um, well just the way it stores stuff remembers stuff uh, remembers where you are in the podcast I, 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 I like the way it does its favourites and all kinds of, what, what do you use? Spotify Spotify mm. oh okay. yeah Spotify so do you listen to all your podcasts with Spotify? Well, I actually the only podcast I ever listen to is the Breathe Pictures podcast, if I'm totally <laughs> honest. Um, I'm not a podcasty type person. Are you not? Believe it or not. But you love your audiobooks, don't you? Uh, I love audiobooks, yeah. 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 And Gemma loves aud- uh, podcasts. Right. She loves them. What does she listen to? Uh, she listens to a lot of American kind of serial mm-hmm. kind of stuff, crime stuff, yeah. um, real life things she listens to. Gold, Jeff Goldblum's um, she, yeah, podcast, Jeff Goldblum's autobiography that, yeah. repeatedly over and over. <laughs> um, yeah, all of that stuff. But mm, mm. Spotify, um, I like Spotify. Though. Self-indulgent moment in a moment. First of all, uh, we meant to mention this right at the start of the show, and we should have done it. Um, the X Weddings Conference. X Weddings Conference. Yes. Number two. Number two. <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, November, it's coming. We, those of you who are listening that came last year will remember it was in June, and it's the same venue the hilton in bath in england amazing venue by the way yeah and actually the re- one of the reasons why it's in november this year i wanted to do it in september um but the it's having a massive refurb oh. so they're effectively knocking it all down what for a bigger bar no it's going to be a bigger bar yeah um they knew we were coming <laughs> the bar was pretty big anyway. yeah, it's um, a nice bar i like that bar so we know, spent a lot of time in that bar in the evenings that bar won't be talking, there talking, well, won't it? no it's What's all be there? they're knocking all of that downstairs wow. out and it's 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 it, she showed me the plans it's, it's going to be pretty cool um will my room still have the jacuzzi and the yeah I, I think yeah. i've requested that one for you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah the newly refurbished hilton hotel in bath uh two-day event although most of the stuff happens on uh, on the one day so it's the 13th to 14th of november and we have a very very busy keynote i call it a keynote day where all of the speakers do an hour um and there is seven of us so um that's oh six of us sorry you're not doing one on, no, the, on the first no. day um so we have uh myself i'm going to do a uh, the opening session which will be kind of introductions to people but instead of showing people my pictures and talking to them about that because i feel like people have seen enough of my work over the years um i'm going to do an seo boot camp because Ooh. there is a lot of a lot um, of new stuff a lot of new stuff yeah and a lot of misinformation out there as well so SEO bootcamp from me then we're going to have so um, if you're investing your money to come on this for one for for one thing alone i mean we start straight away with with you know the business that you need to know about business a, yeah. a, about being online yeah absolutely and there's a lot of good stuff to go into that little yeah. talk and i don't i used to do seo workshops a lot because uh, well, your seo workshop costs more than this conference absolutely yeah for those alone who, for those who don't don't know before i became a photographer that was my my trade it was online marketing yeah. websites yeah. development that kind of stuff um and whilst it's very different now it's still something that i've kind of kept up with so i'm doing that business kind of boot camp bit in the in the, in the morning then we have our 
for um, Wildcard, who uh, Wildcard, by the way, is even it's a weddings conference. And um, although it's called X Weddings and it's it's kind of supported by Fujifilm, all the speakers are Fujifilm photographers and filmmakers. Yeah. But you certainly do not need to be a Fujifilm user to come. We had plenty of people came last year who are shooting with Sony and Canon, etc., etc. Right. Yeah. Um, and we have a wild card each year who is somebody who's not even going to talk about weddings. Um, and this year it is Soraya Soraya Cordeville. Cordeville. Well, that's out there. Yeah, Soraya Cordeville. Uh, yeah. um, and she's an amazing photographer. She's yeah. going to be talking about her NGO work and her travel photography. Um, she's currently the uh, chairman of the chairwoman chairperson of the BIPP I think she's a, the only exactly, the third yeah, ever yeah. woman to do that her travel work in, in particular the stuff that I was seeing on Instagram about her work across Morocco was incredible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She's, you know, a, she's a lot amazing. of people go to that continent and and shoot what I would call poverty tourism because mm. it's so easy mm. so many cool come to india for example mm-hmm. and just we'll take you around um and all the spots where the people hang out and and yeah. you know 30 people taking the picture of the same yeah. same stuff yeah, yeah soraya's work in in morocco i thought captured the the very essence of what that country is all about yeah and also she's a she's, empathy. she's a commissioned photographer as well so she yeah. goes on NGOs she yeah. does um, you know she, she she's paid for her work it's not uh, she doesn't go on workshops and, and get those pictures so to speak so she's great she's also a feature film ex-photographer um, then we have Chris Parkinson from Newcastle who is a another amazing photographer his work is a wedding photographer his work is very different to uh, to mine and your style but very I, I, I think it's very modern and fresh mm-hmm. um, um, similar to Scott Johnson, who we also have come in. He's another ex-photographer, um, and his work is amazing. He's just won uh, this year at WPPI, I think, the overall best wedding picture of the year, mm-hmm. Grandmaster type thingy-majiggy uh, fellowships coming out of his um, his little Essex bum. Um, and uh, <laughs> we also have... Uh, Do you want me to edit that bit out? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt Thompson as well, who is... Um, those of us who, those who came last year were remember that we had uh, your place studios there um dom and leon and so dom uh, dominique matt is her husband and he is the filmmaker oh, okay. at york place studios yeah, yeah, yeah. so his films are great his little wedding films are amazing so he's going to come and talk to us about filmmaking for specifically for weddings yeah uh using xt3s and uh, feature film equipment and all the audio and all of that stuff um then we have uh <laughs> voyager hudik voyager hudik hudich Oh my God, we we I practiced this so I much. Know, I know. Uh, I'd be I, I would be terrible as a news presenter. Wojtaurik, Wojtaurik, who I've met several times or a couple of times, I should say. He's uh, an incredible photographer. Czech Republic, another yeah. Fujifilm ex photographer, uh, documentary wedding photographer, but also documentary photographer, filmmaker. Absolutely incredible. I remember seeing his work for the first time at the Czech Photo Festival, right, uh, in in um, Prague, and. Um, I walked in and my, my pictures being exhibited as well and his pictures were rightly so were the first things you saw mm-hmm. and I looked at these pictures and I said to Gemma who was with me at the time I was like oh, Christ <laughs> look at this uh, but then people say that about your work oh uh, whatever but I was they like do and I'd never I mean I knew of his name but I'd never seen really studied his work or no. I'd never met him yeah um and these pictures were just, you know, really, really beautiful. Both his wedding work and his, his yeah. more serious, serious his weddings. His weddings are serious, aren't they? Okay, more uh, editorial 
documentary okay. stuff. Um, so he's coming. He's going to be doing uh, a talk on the keynote. Also, you must see his X100 film, which you yes. introduced me to yeah, yeah, only yeah. this morning. Yeah. Um, the, um, can we put a link out in the show notes? Yeah, this yeah. Week? I'll link it because yeah. that film is just beautiful. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's amazing. Apologies. Really cool. Um, and then so on day two, it's the two day. It's the one day workshops. Yeah. Um, so this is for people who want to spend a whole day with either Vuita. Mm-hmm. Um, and Voiter's going to be doing a whole kind of day weddings and editing and yep. we're going to go out on the streets of Bath with him and shoot and everything um, that's going to be really exciting and then the other one is you I know so yeah. you're doing a one day workshop on sound and films sound and films so if you, if you haven't turned on the video uh, button on your, your camera Mm-hmm. There's an opportunity to do so, but but more so also sound because uh, I've I've well you know me I bash on about it, but but sound is is that that um, in fact the very last YouTube film I've just made was all about you know, introducing a voice and the sound to your to your pictures, which sounds odd, um, but uh, making films um, that feature still photography and sound yeah how to produce the sound what to do with it what to record it with mm. how to edit it how to get the the nice warmth rich tones that you want as well how to give how to give your pictures a voice which also also gives an opportunity um in terms of sales to do something that's that's a, you know we we live in a very very you know, it's it's, it's multimedia it's, world. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's more and more congested as well. Mm. And if uh, if you think in a in a two dimensional sense only, then uh, maybe you're missing a trick. Yeah, and and also you know now especially with the XT3, I think that oh, so more easy. people yeah. are yeah. experimenting yeah. with yeah. filmmaking, and uh, whether whether that's at weddings or not doesn't really matter. But it's uh, you know that the quality that you can get from the xt3 mm-hmm. i you know I, I i held for an hour the um uh, gfx 100 a couple of weeks ago oh um, incredible i had it like two days before yeah, yeah. two days before it was officially announced i i, I was um, one of the fujifilm reps showed me and showed me it for an hour and i've i filmed a little clip of my i have it on my youtube video channel as well i filmed a little cl- cl- a clip of the kids playing a game and um the audio i was i was blown away by the onboard audio to that camera with well, the reference audio yeah wow. i didn't edit that audio that was on my youtube video no no that's just came straight into the camera i didn't realize that was just reference audio mm-hmm. oh wow um i mean of course the camera is 10 grand <laughs> but yeah. you know 10 you, grand's worth of reference audio. Uh, yeah. it was amazing but the fact is you know all cameras these days are you know are giving us that more capability i suppose so and you're the best person i feel to educate people on that so well we'll certainly um we'll certainly be doing early bird prices finish on the 15th of june so you do not have long if you're listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, if um, you're listening to it afterwards, you've missed it. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, oh, but on the XT3 with video, by the way, um, you know I've been working on this documentary in Africa with it. Mm. Um, and um, there are a couple of big, big players looking at it, which, are, which I'm ex- extraordinarily excited about. But um, one of the interesting conversations we recently had was, uh, what, what kit did you use? Oh, Fujifilm XT3. Really? Um, and uh, so I thought that was an interesting response from, you know, possibly a nice large distributor. Mm. Exciting camera times, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, let's go for the self-indulgent moment. Do you want to shoot with the first one or me? Well, uh, you go for it. Why not? I'm, okay. I'm feeling happy. <laughs> <laughs> a new comment. Um, here we go. Um, Robin Chun. Uh, oh, no, my perfect cousin, what I like to do, he doesn't. The undertones. That's not really a... 
done that one. Done that one. Sorry. That was a waste of, of one. Sorry, go on. We gave him a strap as well. We did. Uh, okay, so this is from... Well, just a- wasted my one. Axatron. Right. Axatron. I like their podcast. Two funny guys with knowledge and humour and interesting themes. I highly recommend this podcast. Okay. Thank you, Axatron. Emily, uh, talking about the episode with Sean Tucker. Oh, man, the best episode so far. Putting myself out there, being vulnerable. That's what it's about for me. Sean Tucker. How you two keep finding and interviewing the most beautiful human beings is just incredible. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Emily. Ashley Morgan. The Fujicast is a great podcast for anyone interested in photography. Neil and Kevin are working professionals with a humorous rapport. Great to listen to and very informative. Regardless of the title of the show, it's really a place for anyone interested in photography, regardless of camera brand. <laughs> this is not a fanboy podcast whatsoever. <laughs> interesting and informative conversations and interviews with great and relevant photographers. Give it a listen. You won't regret it. Oh, that was good timing. Look at that. Well done. That's a good one, Ashley. I like that. Just file my old one down there. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Done. Right. Um, questions. Questions, questions, questions. Uh, was it my turn or yours? Yeah, you go. Remember. You go. I've got to find uh, mine again. <laughs> Carl, yeah. Carl Cherry. Um, hello from the States. Memphis, Tennessee. I loved Memphis. I visited it only once. And what a place. Um, I went to, to Graceland's. Um, Graceland or was it Graceland? Did you go walking in Memphis? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did go to Graceland and um, I was shocked by how a lot of people say this about going to, to Elvis's home, that um, it's much smaller than you imagine. And, and the rooms have the weirdest carpets. I think there was a bright green one, a beige green carpet or something. He was a bit remember. peculiar towards the end there, wasn't he? Um, well, I guess, you know, when you're that famous, mm. anything goes. Mm. But it was an amazing place. I loved it. And the bars and the music and everything about mm. that place is yeah, just yeah. That, I've been to a lot of places in America, but I've never been to yeah. the Deep South. And this has to be one on your list. As a country fan, that's the place I want to go yeah, to the most. Yeah, it should be, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, this is from Carl Cherry, yeah, from Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. I suffer occasionally with carpal tunnel syndrome and tendonitis in my right hand. I didn't know we were a medical phone in now. Uh, fingers and wrist a full day of shooting can end up being quite painful i feel your pain carl the lighter fuji kit helps for sure but can still cause problems do either of you suffer from rsi after a long day of photography if you do is there anything to minimize the problem thank you for a great show from carl right carl first of all i'm going to say that i found the the opposite that actually when i swapped to lighter gear my grip changed around the camera in particular with the x-pro2 and i found um the problem came to me rather than went away i'm i used canon 5ds for mm. many years 5d1 2 3 and 4 and the 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 actual grip on the camera i love i, I think the ergonomics of using a canon 5d4 is fantastic i never had the grip on the bottom so it wasn't particularly heavy i used the the cheaper primes actually I, I, and one of my favorites was an 85 millimeter 1.8 which i think is mm-hmm. one of canon's finest lenses mm-hmm. and um but so swapping to swapping to the the fuji system i found i had to you know, sort of elton john hand as my <laughs> What's my wife calls them? I just I found myself gripping to a much smaller box, yeah. and um, and just for me it 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 increased the problem, didn't take it away, and and I, it's taken a while for me to get used to to a lighter camera rather than a heavier camera. Hmm. I have no real comment on that because You've never been I've never really it. noticed it. I mm. I don't. I never really had a problem with my big Canon 1D no. Mark, whatever it was. I've never had a problem with 
yeah i've never i don't know maybe i've just got the perfect shape hands for yeah, camera stuff. hands i've got camera hands yeah yeah you edward, got elton john hands i've got camera hands edward camera hands <laughs> um so no i'm 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 sorry carl but what i will ask is at this stage because um the the, the mailbag each week to call it an old-fashioned name um is i'm so thankful for all your emails and, and we really are because um you're the lifeblood of the show as kevin always takes me account <laughs> for saying <laughs> so i'll get that one in there early but um but it is a re- it's a really good question and i'm sure mm. some um of our listeners have had that issue and if you have could you write in please and share what you've done uh, which I think, uh, by extension, will help Carl Cherry from Memphis. And the email address is click at fujicast.co.uk for all correspondence with us. <laughs> that is right. Yours. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am. I have one from Randy Tarr, who is also from America, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. Enjoying the podcast. Keep it up. Can you discuss some tips for developing our photographic eye? Do you think this is something innate or something that can be developed and finely groomed with practice? I really like that question, but you answer first. I don't think you develop a photographic eye. I Style, aesthetic, pleasing look, all that kind of stuff, I guess. Are we talking about the, the post-processing? No, or are we talking I'm not about sure about that. The first thing that you, you know, what you're seeing with the box? I would say, if I was to flip that question around mm-hmm. a little bit, I would say, what, what do you look at that you think helps you become a better photographer? It's what I hear rather than what I uh, see. Of course it is. <laughs> I'm a very, you know, if we were talking in terms of um, of auditory kinesthetic um, and all that all that kind of stuff and visual, for me it would it would be what I hear. I listen I listen for a photograph before I ever make a photograph. Mm, okay, well that's really interesting, and I suppose actually, Randy, that that is a very valid answer as well i mean I, I i kind of read this question as you know do you think you're born with a style uh, that you like to shoot or, or not necessarily shoot but appreciate mm-hmm. okay um and uh, i think the answer is no i think you much like your uh, you know people don't really like jazz when they're 20 and they, yeah. they like jazz when they're yeah. 45 i think it kind of grows on you in certain ways single um, malt single malt yeah <laughs> absolutely um uh, and you know, I think uh, I think the more that I look at other people's work, uh, not necessarily weddings, but just generally, the more I have an appreciation of things like light and composition and all that kind of stuff. And and I definitely, when I first became a photographer, I had no idea about any of that stuff. I just pointed my camera at stuff and hoped that was it, you know. And and over time, I kind of. Yeah, maybe I still do that to a certain extent, but I, you know, I kind of got a style and an appreciation of something that I liked, and that's what I try and manifest in my pictures. Um, and you do it via the, you know, the the medium of sound, I guess, as the conduit to it, uh, which is yeah. really interesting. Well, I guess it's. I mean, I'm just led by. That goes straight back to whatever. If you're a photojournalist, yeah, you know, your senses are, are drawn, aren't they, by probably what you hear before what you see wouldn't 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 you say have you ever done that thing um, oh, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago i think where at a wedding specifically mm. you just record the audio on your phone 
in a, and then take yeah, yourself was, away. This was your concept. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. it was um, Patrick LaRock. Oh, he, yeah, he does sorry. it on the streets, but yes. but I kind of adapted it and took it into weddings. Right. Um, and, and, and I've done it on the streets since. I, I did it on a workshop with some people the other day, mm. and uh, I got everybody to... We, I, got, I took them to the most boring street corner we could find, mm-hmm. and I got them all to spend five minutes looking for a picture. And we all struggled, myself included. And then we got all our phones out. We all went on opposite sides of the corners. Mm-hmm. We recorded audio on our phones for th- uh, 60 seconds. And we went into a coffee shop and we all listened to our audio separately, independently. Right. We went back out and my task to them was to tell a story of that street corner now. And they all managed to take pictures. And it was, you know, some of them um, concentrated on people crossing the road because there was a Pelican crossing. Yeah. There was um, the clatter from a coffee shop around the corner, the one we'd just been to. Yeah. So, you know, they were telling the story, people going in and out to the coffee shop and everything. And so the audio became the conduit to telling the story. Uh, it wasn't part of it. You know, it wasn't the fact we weren't going to overlay the audio on the pictures or anything, but we, we, we waited, we listened to the sound of the environment, and that allowed us to to then make pictures, which is exactly what you just said. Well, kind I, of. I'm Yeah, I'm going to be told off as well now by somebody who wrote us an email a couple of weeks ago, and I think I kept hold of it um, in my must-look-into-that file, <laughs> um, about binaural. Have you ever heard of binaural sound? Okay, hang on. We're going to get deep now. Warning, warning. Okay, binaural sound no. is is the way that you um, is the way that we truly hear what goes on in the world. Okay, unless you have some sort of hearing deficiency or problem difficulty, m- most of us um, are led by uh, the sound that comes around us in a three D aspect. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, we hear mainly what goes on with what we see in front of us that 180 thing going on but also there's the senses of what's coming you know the 40% of what's happening behind us and so on and so forth yeah. and this new way of recording is that you put, put these kind of earbuds in your ears yeah. and you and they act with um, the shape of your ear um, microphones it's a kind of st- stereoscopic is that the right word of, yeah. of a way of recording sound you can only really hear it when you put your headphones on so if I if I made a binaural film and just played it back in stereo speakers. It would just sound like. So, so you record it with separate, separate. We got two. You got two earbuds in one left, one right, and they are recording a three-dimensional um, sound as opposed to just stereo. So the it, the earbuds in your ears are recording the sound. Yes. Oh, okay. They're acting like your ears. Wow. These are really expensive microphones. I looked into it just before I went on holiday a couple of weeks ago. Microphones that you put in your ears as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was I was photographing in Tenerife, and I went to Los uh, Los Cristianos one day to try and get a load of street uh, pictures. And what I was hearing, I was thinking, this would be so powerful if it was with if if there was a track with my pictures, the binaural sound of what's going on on this beach. It would be uh-huh. really powerful. This is right up your street, isn't it? Yeah, this it is. is. This is. Uh... Sorry, should we move on? Because this is no, actually no, no, a photography. No, 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 no. But I think that this, <laughs> like, I can just see you. I can see the excitement in your eyes already. No. Well, I'm going to talk about this actually at the X Weddings conference. Yeah, yeah. About no, bi- no. Binaural sound and, yeah. and and how you can use sound to really make your films. I really want you to do the conference with powerful. those microphones sticking out. Here he is, <laughs> the thing of listening to music or something. <laughs> right, next question. Um, oh, this is very exciting. Good eye, Neil and Kevin. Guess where this is from? Aberystwyth. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian here from Shell Harbour, Australia. Um, a couple of hours south of Sydney. I went north, a couple of hours north of Sydney, actually, to Port, uh, Port Stephens in, in Australia. And 
Oh, I tell you, have you ever? I mean, we're going back to sound again. I will come off this subject, but the the sound of Australia is something that it's. I was trying to explain this to my mother-in-law the other day, who said the that she said, "Well, thanks very much. We're not going to Australia now because of you." Oh. And I, I said, "Why is that?" Well, we were going to go and watch the tennis, but you said you could go if that's all you're going to do, go to Melbourne to watch tennis. You could watch on television. <laughs> now, well, I did mean that, but but there's other things to see in Australia apart from tennis anyway mm. but uh, no, the sound of australia the, the wildlife the birds it's 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 just uh, oh mm. i've um, never been to australia i'd like to go gooey-eyed now yeah um my question is have you ever shot a whole wedding with just one lens now this doesn't have to be a wedding it can be anything mm. focal lengthwise if so what did you use and what tips would you pass on to do it effectively i'll be shooting my second wedding this year for a family friend i don't have two cameras set up and i'm really tempted by the idea of one camera one lens for the whole wedding I don't want to make the the wedding a creative experiment, but I'm interested in in whether it'll help me be more focused on what's happening rather uh, than thinking about which lens to use, the old golf bag approach. I'll have the nine iron for this one, if there is such a thing. At the moment, I'm thinking of just using the Fuji X-Pro2 and a 35mm 1.4. Which would you go for, Kev? Well, I would. I'd love to do it. I have done it, in fact. I've done it twice. Um, Although it's not exactly like that i've shot two weddings just with x100s um and on both occasions i and they were with the x100s at the time um but i had one without the wide angle adapter and one with the wide angle adapter so i had two x100s right what do you call two x100s's two x100ss's i thought it was gonna be a joke then <laughs> two x100s's it's like like how many men does it take to change a light bulb joke i thought it was gonna uh, 200, uh, 200 200 X100S's. X100 uh, yeah, yeah. One with the um, wide angle conversion lens. But if I was doing that and it was yeah. for a family friend, I'd yeah. be all over that in a rash and I would use the X100F. Would you? With a 23mm lens. Which is effective 35mm. Effective 35mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would love it. Absolutely love it. Um, why? Why you don't need anything else. I personally don't mm. believe you need anything else. Um, so Adrian here is using... Especially if it's for a family friend. Adrian's using the 35mm, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So that that's equivalent fifty ish, isn't yeah. it? Fifty one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get too much wide stuff in. With no, that. that's the thing. No, that might scuppy you on a few things. Yeah, potentially. But I mean, fine. You know, you'll get a, you'll get some really nice candids and portraity type shots and everything with it. Um, but certainly, if you if you're tasked with doing group shots or anything like that, you you're going to have to be standing back a long way, mm. um, depending on how big the group shots are, of course. But yeah, I would I would do it. Um, I have done it. X one hundred F. That would be my. Mm. Yeah, I definitely the X Pro Two is a wonderful camera to use for this experiment. Mm. If we're not yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to call it that, but I would take the twenty three millimeter one point four. Yeah, effective thirty five, which is what you're. Yeah, so and I yeah. those the two lenses on my two bodies that I have mm. thirty five and um, the fifty six equivalent eighty five. Of course, so uh, in old money language, thirty five and eighty five mm-hmm. uh, are my preferred focal lengths, and I think probably more than 50% of the day now comes from a 35mm focal length, yep. i.e. the 23mm. Uh, yeah, same as me. I mean, it's interesting, you, those of you that use Lightroom, to uh, you know just look in your metadata. You can just press the backslash key on your keyboard and you can filter by everything and it will show you exactly how many pictures you've taken in your entire yeah. catalogue on 23 or whatever yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, you know. that's, good. that's a good um, thing to do. But that's a great question. I would love him to send in... That, um, that, that is going to be... Yes, yeah, send some pictures. Send us a link to it. Number when one. When you're happy. Number two, Adrian. Adrian. A strap is coming your way Ooh. from Simpler Straps because that is such a, a good one. Yeah. I, I like that question. It's got, a, it's got us thinking. 
that strap is going on a long plane journey <laughs> yeah i'm so jealous i'd like to be that strap yeah. this is sounding a bit odd now um now this is turning into the longest if not the longest episode ever do you want to do one more question or should we close it here and come back next week no let's close it and make them come back next week yeah yeah because we've got more to talk about yeah we've got we've got some cracking questions next week yeah more about the ex-weddings yes and there will be we will be offering a free place oh, at the ex-weddings conference next week yes you're mad you are um and we are going to do it <laughs> by I'm totally thinking off the top of my head now um, you know what we'll do yeah. if you mention when you send your questions in click at foodcast.co.uk you have to mention it in the question that you want to enter the ex-weddings competition and we will um, we will think of a creative way of selecting somebody right. um, you have to get yourself to Bath in November by your own means and accords yeah. um, but you'll get a free ticket people did come from America last year didn't we they? had an Australian did we? yeah did yeah, we? we did. We had three from America. Oh, one don't from tell me I had a long conversation with him at that Indian meal. I don't remember. We even had one from Merthyr Tidwell. Yeah, mm. that is too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk more about ex weddings next week. Uh, second part of uh, John Swanell next week, of course, as well. And um, thank you to our friends at Simpler Straps, spelt S I M P L R dot U S. If you'd like to know more about their their straps, one is going to Australia and the other one going to where was your one? Was that was that a Welsh one this week? I don't know. It was uh, Greg, wasn't it? Um, it Greg, I've just had his email address. I'm not sure he actually said where he was coming from. Um, oh, Gemma's coming in. By the way, we got a cracking idea which we won't we won't tell you about now. But we're going we, there's a really good idea which means that that, that Gemma is coming in. That's as long as she hasn't met Jeff Goldblob before then. <laughs> That's true. So the payoffs will change, but for this week, it's um, it's it's still going to be Rosa for you. My dad's it? Instagram is Kevin Mullins Photography. See his films on YouTube at Documentary Eye. His website is kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. Or for street workshops, training, and everything Fuji Film, go to f16.click. Our Jack, by the way, was um, was sort of uh, verbally bullied at school over the last couple of days hmm. because we went on holiday to uh, Tenerife and he's got he, he, he wears his tan well my my oldest son and somebody's just been calling him Donald Trump for the for the last couple of days which for some reason Jack's taken extremely personally and he's more unhappy about that than anything else oh bless him bless so him. he could do the payoff this week my dad's Instagram is Neil James see his films on YouTube at Neil James Photo his website is neiljames.com for pictures and one to one mentoring and you can hear his other photography podcast, which is called Breathe Pictures, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next week with that exciting competition. That is good. Did you just make that up, or is that? Yeah, uh, I'm oh, clever like that. Yeah. All right, I thought it was something yeah. you prepared earlier. For.